welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 155, and I'm joined online once again by Sneaky Pete to chat about all things Magic the Gathering. How are you tonight, Pete? I can't complain. It's the Monday before American Thanksgiving. Uh, happy holidays, everybody who celebrates this week. Hug your families. Indeed. Hug the family Indeed. that you yes. uh, believe in um, and that, you know, that you accept. Uh, I know this year, this time of year can be tough for people, especially if they're far from home. Um, so please, we're, we're, we're always, we have open arms here at the Epic Experiment Podcast. We truly love topic, talking shop with everybody. Um, so if you ever need anything, hit us up on Discord, on Instagram, on X. We are on a lot of different uh, servers now as well. So uh, anytime that you want to hear our beautiful voices, please uh, feel free to hit us up. So, Bruce, how are you as well? I'm good, man. I mean, Thanksgiving, it's not Thanksgiving for us up here in Canada, but uh, I echo Pete. Um, everybody's out there. You know, spend, Make sure you spend time with your, friend, your friends and family, uh, the people who are important to you. Uh, it's a time of year where it's important. It's getting cold. It's getting yucky outside. It's time to, it's time to think about what's important. Uh, and the holidays are right around the corner. So I know it's hard for everyone. So... Um, let's, uh, well, if you need, if you need to reach out to a friend or someone to listen to friendly ear, and if you, if you, if, you, if we're those people, we're happy for it. We're happy to do it for you guys. So, okay. Um, Pete, should we start with some, uh, garbage or great? Yeah, man. Like the turkey or the stuffing, uh, depending oh, on who dude. cooks it, right? Uh, well, the answer it's is garbage or great. So it's just clearly, it's clearly turkey. And you gotta have some nice whipped potatoes, like some mashed whipped potatoes, and then some gravy on the potatoes and the gravy on the turkey. And then you gotta have—I don't like the green bean casserole. It's not a thing we do up here. That's that's garbage for you. That's garbage. <laughs> I'm like not doing that. But I will do the cranberry sauce out of the can. So okay. it's like it's gotta have the shape of the can still on the dish, and then I will enjoy that. It looks like dog food. I gotcha. It okay. looks, yeah, it looks like dog food. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's like top tier like for me. Like, ah, yes. I have officially hit rock bottom. <laughs> so the first card we have today um, is, I would say, a meme card. Wouldn't you say that too, Bruce? I, I think I introduced this to you a few weeks ago. I saw, when you introduced me to this card, I couldn't say no to this. This is so <laughs> cool. Anyway, um, do you, want to, you read it for us, so go for it. <laughs> So this card is called Head Games. It's from Onslaught, and it was printed in 10th edition as well. Unfortunately, no white border yet, so hopefully wizards can hear me on the, uh, you know, on the waves and get this a white border. Um, so it says, it's five mana, uh, three colors, two black mana. Target opponent puts the cards from their hand on top of their library. Search that player's library for that many cards. The player puts those cards into their hand and then shuffles. So, uh, this is, <laughs> what do you this think? This is savage. This thing is so rude. Okay, so <laughs> the problem I run into with this card, and is the fact that it's five mana. So there's going to definitely be a situation where you might have opponents who are low on cards, but I bet the cards they have in their hand are probably bangers, because that's the only reason they have them in their hand in the first place. They're either interaction or they're bangers. So you, the raw number, like the dream scenario here, Pete, is when I go and do this and I get somebody for seven cards, but put seven on top, find seven just horrible cards in their deck. Like, let's imagine I find all, like, find seven lands. Here, my friend, you now have a commit full of nothing. Shuffle all their good stuff away. That's the dream. 
But I think reality is more like you're going to get them. They might have three cards in hand. They're going to be bangers, and they're going to disappear, and you're going to give them lands, which I still think is funny. But anyway, what do you think, Pete? So the dream scenario for me is Thousand Year Storm, cast two cheap instants or sorceries, and then play head games as a finisher. Oh, buddy. You are a mean dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky that I'm very tame when I play commander because I feel like if I really went out like as I really wanted to go out, then I would probably be banned from every store and every every pod. Um, Just because Mason has influenced me, Alex Mason has influenced me so much that uh, I'm like salt of the earth when it comes to certain effects. But that's what we're basically going to talk about tonight, audience. It's sort well, of good, a, news is, good news. You're our dirt bag, so that's okay. <laughs> I'm everyone, dirt bag. the neighborhood dirt bag. So, um. <laughs> so, so okay, everybody. Just to make this clear, Pete's now talking about a thousand year storm. You play cast consider and a shock, and then this, and you get everybody's hand yeah. and do the thing. And now everyone's got a mitt full of nothing. So um, that's awesome. I think it's hilarious. I would never. Uh, I want to. Like, Try it unless I put it in that Anello deck we mentioned last week as a joke. Which oh man, probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty in, I'm pretty on board. Um, I'm looking at what this gets played in, and I'm disappointed by what it gets played in. Okay, what does it get so, played? So, uh, nothing good. So how <laughs> about Zevlor Eltral Exile, which is uh, boo. Uh, boo. That's cheating. Yeah, Sizen Perverter of Truth. That's funny. <laughs> Send triplets, boo. That's, that's kind of boo. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's poop soup. Like, could probably a good card in the deck, but I don't want another one. Magar of the Magic Strings, which is a card I've never seen before in my whole life. It's from an Infinity, unfi- I think. It's like some Minotaur. Performer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 that that card is hilarious. Um, I've seen someone play it before, actually, on the stupid decks at work uh, server, and it's funny. It's like they put like all these really weird things in their graveyard and just make creatures out of them. It's very, very odd. But the reason they being is they can play it again if they hit you for combat. Right. Games. So that's uh, why then it's when it gets, gets played in Tivit and, and Kenrith. Oh, boo. So <laughs> both of those are boos to me too. So <laughs> boring. <laughs> um, this, this is in under 3000 decks. Uh, right, I think it's funny. So. I would love to see it played more, um, but not against me. You can, someone else can play it. I don't, I don't want to yeah. play it against me. Because that's that makes me cry. Because my expensive things that are I am holding in my hand get tucked, and I'm like tear, single tear down my cheek. So well, the other um, funny thing would be like if you're political enough, you could be like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you all of these good cards in your deck. Uh, you got to help me out." You know, what I mean, you can find them a bunch yeah. of removal as well, um, which yeah, might actually could, be beneficial. Yeah, you could play in a political way, which I think I've got time for too. I think the card's pretty funny. I'm pretty I'm pretty interested in this. Um, and uh, hopefully it doesn't backfire in your face. Because it could blow up in your face. Like, For just... Sure. Like you give them gas, and now they've got enough land that they can play and activate things on their board or do stuff. And then you're like, oh, now I... This is sad. But I think the card's pretty funny. I'm a big fan. Um, I think more people should at least be prepared to give this thing a try. Uh, if only for the interesting stories you're going to come up with afterwards. Imagine like, if you hey. Isochron sceptered this thing or something as well. Wow. That's a consideration, too. You are, like, taking it to a dark place, my friend. I've, just been, I've been under a lot of stress recently, so I think I'm just taking it out on, like, like just interactions I could do to people, but I just refuse to do. 
you know? Oh, man. <laughs> so, audience, once again, Pete has now proven he is once again our dirtbag. We love hey, him man. for it. Pete the dirtbag right here. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> the, <laughs> the next card, though. Not not as, oh, this, not this as is, crazy, this but still pretty cool. Right? I think this is not dirtbag. Yeah, I think this card. So, All right. So, um, Idol of Endurance, 200 white for an artifact. When Idol of Endurance enters the battlefield, exile all creature cards with mana value three or less from your graveyard until Idol of Endurance leaves the battlefield. One white and tap until end of turn, you may cast a creature spell from among those cards exiled uh, with Idol of Endurance without paying its mana cost. I think this is pretty cool. So, my question is does it ignore timing restrictions? I don't think it does. But if it did and you could untap it every turn and just start flickering things in like a Lurin, like that would be sweet. Um, I'm, I don't, I don't think it does. Uh, but if it, if you could do that, um, like if you played like Seaborn Muse and then you could flash creatures in, that would be really, really cool. Right. So it says it says here amongst the rules, the last ability of Idol of Endurance doesn't change when you may cast those creature spells. Gotcha. Normally, this means during your main phase while the stack is empty but you can cast a creature spell with flash at other times. So if there was a creature in your graveyard with flash that, that met this criteria, um, like a Hushwing Griff or something, then sure. you could cast that uh, at instant speed. And uh, this is really, really cool in those decks that employ a lot of these value, um, value like small weenie creatures that do things like, like impactful things. Um, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think the, 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 the the utility here is high. If you're playing a white deck that's low slung to the like low to the ground and going like so when the top commanders they have are like Caleb and Krug and God Eternal Oketra. So with Oketra, you're looking to activate it frequently to get the triggers to make the four four um yeah, zombie armies. Sense. And then Ben Caleb and Krug is like you're 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 throwing small things in the graveyard anyway. So now you can replay them mm-hmm. with this I the idol. And get you know value a second time out of them. I think these are. I think this is a pretty fun card. Um, it's not widely used. I mean, it appears in eleven hundred decks. Um, you know, it's. I think it's. But I think it's got an interesting applicability. Um, and you know, it synergizes well with a lot of the things that White's trying to do. Um, so I think if you're playing a creature-based deck that's low to the ground. Um, high value targets, so like you're, you get more activations out of your Skyclave Apparitions, you get activations out of your Thraben Inspectors, you get things like, you know, there's all sorts of things, Mentor of the Meek triggers, like there's lots of good things to do with, with and White has got a plethora of valuable targets at this sort of mana cost that this is probably a good inclusion in lots of White decks. You could flicker this thing too and be able to just tap it again. That would be really, really cool to rebuild your board quickly. Like late game. Well, if the problem right. becomes if you tap it, if you have anything already in play, it'll just, it'll be gone. it goes back to the graveyard. Right? So if you've used this once, put a creature in play, then you flicker. Oh, until it, it leaves the battlefield. I see. Yeah. So you don't really get the value out of the tr- flickering. But you could do it again if you wanted to, I suppose. I see. So it's a fair way of sort of like it's like rally the ancestors without like yeah nuking. I think whole. what I think what you really want to do is you want to find a way to untap it so you can utilize yeah, it multiple times fun. in a turn, mm-hmm. um, which seems like fun to me too. So I'm kind of a big fan. Um, I mean, for example, like you play Esper Sentinel right for one yeah. mana. 
you play like uh, Clock of Omens, and you just use the clock and the and the guy to untap it, and pay two again or whatever. I'm sure people are finding ways to play ETB creatures that do something mm-hmm. to untap, like untap target permanent even. Um, would be interesting to see, like Fate Stitcher, as well. Yeah. Something, something like that. So um, yeah, like so. here's like some targets include like Felden of the Third Path, Zerda, Zulaport Cutthroat seems like a good target. Uh, welcoming Vampire. Oh, how about a Magus of the Wheel? Mm-hmm. Um, Rumor Gatherer. Felden's wife. Uh, ETB blow up a thing. Yeah. What's her face? Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. 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 Um. Elas Ilkor, Sadistic Pilgrim, which is kind of like a Blood Artist effect. You know, pretty okay with like some, it. Seems fun. I'm pretty okay. I like this. to be interesting. I'm. So yeah, I've, I'm down. Sign me up. I think the card is pretty also, strong. You could also just use it as like say your commander's three or less, and you only play that as a creature. So when it dies, mm. you can just play it for two instead of playing it for like eight. Um, yeah, that could be a consideration. Seems yeah, seems good to me too. It's a neat card. Yeah. Good. And I just think as well as cards that like there's been so much produced, so many cards produced that people forget about things like this. And it's a like a, it's a really cute budget inc- inclusion. It's let's see, what is it running you right now? Like it's about about fifty cents. You know, you're gonna get some good mileage out of it on your deck. I think it's well worth an inclusion, or at least a look at, and see if you want to put it in your deck. So I right, go check it out, everybody. Idol of Endurance. You heard it here. All right. There you go. We are moving on. Today, Pete, what are we discussing? So we, last week, were doing these sort of storm, sort of dirtle decks. Now now we're going one step further to these decks that really frustrate opponents. Um, we're going to dive into two decks that we don't play very often uh, for the fact that they're not mm. very fun. <laughs> I mean, fun for, they're, oh, they I might mean, be fun for us, but they're not fun for the rest, you know, of the body. Yeah. So we're gonna say this is a preface at the start of the start of the night, there, folks. When you're playing a game of Commander, the ultimate goal should be to be invited to come back and play again to the next time you play. Yeah. And so these sorts of decks need to be played very with very with a great deal of circumspection because there's the reality is these are not going to be enjoyable play experiences for your opponents. Your opponents are going to quite likely be frustrated with you. Uh, they're going to be probably not too thrilled about it and you might be having just a wicked old time giggling away doing your thing and your opponents are going to be like i hate you i hate everything about you and the things you're doing right now could you stop please or you're not coming back next time so that could happen with these particular decks so let's talk about it pete what did you? What sort of deck have you got here that drives people batty? What did you find? So yeah, to to go along the lines of like, why did I build this deck in the first place? It wasn't well, what initially. Did you build? What, what did you yeah, build first, yeah. and when, why did you build it? <laughs> that should not be no. Okay, so um, it's a Storvald deck. So Storvald's is interesting card. It's seven mana. It's a giant from Baldur's or from AFR. It was actually in the pre-con of one of the pre-cons, but it's like the secondary pre-con card. And the idea was in that pre-con to put artifacts and equipment on it, make it big and smack people in the face. People do that with this deck is they make little weenies and then they make Storvald make the big and then they smack people in the face for value. But I was like, I like his ETB effect better and his protection attached to it. 
So my deck is a flicker deck, so I'm just flickering everything and creating a ton of value by flickering cards like Acidic Slime, obviously, or uh, other cards like Displacer Kitten, which just like mess people up when I flicker cards mm-hmm. to draw cards or flicker permanents to draw cards, uh, like Mightstone and Weakstone as well. Um, mm-hmm. So the deck was born out of this idea of like, hmm, let me do something a little bit different than what everyone is doing with this commander because it's not very common commander being played. But then it devolved into this very sort of... It's like Rune, but a little bit harder to pull off. And I'm saying that in air quotes right now. You can't see me, obviously. But it's it's almost more brutal sometimes in the way that it, it just kind of takes over the game. Because um, it makes my creatures hard to be targeted, where Rune is a little bit easier to target him um, as the a de facto flicker commander in those Bant colors. Um, so not to go too off the rails here, but I don't really play it much because of the fact that it's t- it can take over a game. And then Bruce, your deck is very similar in that sense. Well, yes, it's uh so my deck is Navineral uh Urborg Tyrant and it's out of Commander Legends, uh which was in twenty twenty November twenty twenty, if I remember right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and so Navineral is uh well you get the namesake of Navineral's disc. But it's a six mana, um, three six. So three white, blue, black for a three six. Um, Hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. So they can't O ring it. They can't banish or priest it. They can't touch it with those stuff. They got to point instants and sorceries at it. When the Veneral Herborg Tyrant enters the battlefield, create a tap two two black zombie creature token for each creature that died this turn. Well, many people who are building this particular commander want to use utilize that trigger um but here's what's real it's real funny when the dies you may pay one when you do destroy all artifacts creatures and enchantments so you get the navidral's disc stapled to a creature well so lots of people play this as a way to create giant zombie armies and zombie army people to death and i decided that wasn't really going to be how i was going to play this one um, I built this as Planeswalker Control because Navineral doesn't give a hoot about Planeswalkers. Uh, neither does the disc. And so if you play Planeswalkers, your Planeswalkers are unaffected and your opponent's um, board state of creatures likely goes to the garbage pail. Um, now, again, this is frustrating in the same similar way as Storvald in the sense that uh, I'm perpetually doing something that's going to just counteract an entire strategy. Anything premised on creatures is going to have a nightmare of a time fighting their way through uh, the Veneral, and they're not going to be happy for it. Uh, particularly once I get to some sort of point where I can um, have an Ashdod's altar or some other sack outlet on the battlefield and a way for and enough mana for me to put Navineral into de- into play repeatedly. Um, and then the Planeswalkers are going to sit there and quietly accrue value, uh, being untouched by Navineral, and eventually win me the game, making people be mad at me the whole time because they don't like Planeswalkers, they don't like all their creatures dying, and they wish they weren't playing you. So that is the premise for this one, because it's simply relying on the fact that this doesn't touch Planeswalkers, and so Planeswalker Control was born. Yeah, uh... And again, people, I think, in general, facing that sort of uh, color combination, 
can be really difficult to have a enjoyable time. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because you you have access to every piece of removal that exists, uh, and the colors work very 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 well together. So, I actually had a nev di- a donut man uh, deck at one point as well, but it wasn't very fun either. Uh, this was no. pretty early on when they spoiled the card. Um, but yeah, one thing we want to just preface too is um, this: the, our game plans are really, really solid. It's more so the social aspect of it that's preventing us from whipping this out every time we go to a LGS or every time that we go to a pod. Uh, yeah. It usually takes a lot of pressure for us to be like, okay, well, uh, if people don't want me to have a good time, I'm going to return the favor. But that, at that point... Is it even worth doing? You know. Yeah. The, the yeah, it really does beg the question: Why are you there? If if they're not going to let you have a good time, go find somewhere else to play. Because frankly, this is not going to work out well for anybody concerned. Um. So yeah. Um. This deck, these decks, are definitely, definitely need to be played with some circumspection. Um. Because they are, they're not necessarily tools that are going to make you friends. Um. So- What's your mass then? What's your critical mass uh, for this um, style? I need Navineral, enough mana, and a, a sack outlet. And beyond that, I don't care anymore. Um, so ideally, it's seven mana uh, to start with, and then and a sack outlet. Because if once I can set, once I can get the sack outlet online, um, and then um, Viscera, sorry, uh, Navineral, then I can wipe the board. Make zombies, and if it's an if it's an altar, then I have enough mana to basically recast it at the earliest convenience, um, and leaving my planeswalkers untouched. So seven mana, sack outlet, probably that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> the rest, the rest of it's the rest of it's incidental, really. At the at the end of the day, because right. um, if I you know if I have planeswalkers that are active on the battlefield, great. If I don't, well, I've reset the board at a minimum. And uh, made put a lot of the permanents that are problematic, particularly creatures and enchantments, um, and even artifacts too. Back, put them, tuck them away, and we have to start all over again. How about you? What is uh, what's the critical mass for Storval here to start doing his thing to make the de- de- the table miserable? I just need something to flicker and a target uh, that can call it that can help me flicker things. So. I'm running a lot of lands, if you notice, that are colorless producers because of how strong um, Eldrazi Displacer is in the de- in the deck list. Right. Um, and my game plan normally is trying to find Training Center as quickly as possible. So I can only use one mana to flicker everything and then go from there. Um, uh, you mean Training Grounds, so not Training, training Grounds. Training I always grounds. make that mistake in my head, even though I can picture both cards, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, I got, I got it. The, the, the it's both wizard-related. It's both wizard-adjacent, so I understand. But, uh, yeah, so I basically get... get. I wanted a payoff. Um, in my considering board, I could probably spice it up, put all the most strongest cards in there, but I've made this more fair. I've been slowly pulling cards out so I can play this deck more often. Um, that would make it more, like, more uh, consistent. I only have one creature tutor, and most of the creatures that I need... Uh, I need to draw into. So the only, I guess the, the caveat is like, I'm not going for uh, my, my, uh, my flicker like shenanigans every single time. Cause it might take longer to draw into that stuff. Right. Um, but normally the, I, I, I've actually won on other people's turns before uh, by flickering things on their turn, every turn. 
So like I remember playing Seedborn Muse once, having Alchemist Refuge out, the land that allows me to play things with Flash. And then I was just turbo ramping with Thrasios or like Gretchen. And I just was winning, like I was just cheating out things. And every, by the time I got around the table, I had like twi- twice as many permanents as everybody else. Um, so they just packed up and they're like, yep, you already, you got it. You know what I mean? Cause, you got the win, yeah. Yeah. So the the critical mass just depends on like, do I have a flicker target? Uh, and do I have something something that can flicker something else? Uh, repeatedly. Yeah. So. And I'm just going to say this audience, I don't know if you noticed it. They, last week when we were talking about the Storm and the Dirtly decks, having so many more components to, in order to make them work. These don't need a lot of things to make them work. Like you, like you need a few specific things, and then they work. But you know what? Even with the Vineral, sometimes your opponents just kill it. Like they just, they, 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 they need, they want to get in. They're like, uh, and they forget, or they don't recognize that you that's got this extra trigger attached to it. But oftentimes they'll stay clear of it. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to mess with it. And then you find a way to get it dead. And then, hmm, Thorvald like, is yeah, a people pain got, too. Just yeah, because yeah, exactly. the Ward 3, giving everything Ward 3, people have to double-take that. Um, oh, it's so hard to deal with Ward 3. Because they go to, like, uh, Swords of Plowshares, but they don't have the mana for it, so it just fizzles. Yeah, yeah. You know, like feels bad. Four mana, four, four mana Swords of Plowshares that doesn't even kill the thing feels bad. So, um, yeah, no, for sure. All right, so Pete, what is the strength of Storval? What is what is What makes the deck so good at helping you get your win it gets around a lot of a lot of removal uh pretty easily and i don't even like if someone's wasting a kill spell on a one one that says draw a card um i mean just you know it's just yeah i'm 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 all i'm i'm happy this the yeah, strength no, like, you know that's thumbs that's thumbs up buddy like if someone's going to waste yeah. removal on tar- on tokens because they can get them and like anything that's a, a non-token art non-token creature is going to be blinked by the Displacer Kitten or the 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 Dead Eye Navigator or the Ghostly Flicker in your hand or whatever else you've got kicking around. I can't. It's no. As someone who's tried to play this deck, folks, it doesn't really work, and so you're left with facing down big things all the time. And you, go, I, I can't fight seven sevens all the time, so I have a problem. Yeah, and then I guess just the protection package is pretty subtle like it's 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 uh mm. it's like i could play teferi's protection but i don't really want to um because i don't i want to well, make it fair yeah. i guess in a weird way well you've got to you got teferi's protection you got heroic intervention you could be running both of them if you really wanted to yeah um just to make them even not more difficult more, more difficult to 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 remove um i'm sure there's now like everybody lives might be a thing you could want to put in the deck too to make your things phase out again. I don't know. Um, bottom line is it's hard to get to Pete's stuff and makes it, and you're facing down big things early and often. I can promise that. Cause that's what's, that's been my experience. And I've lost this one a number of times. How, how about you? I mean, I've, I've seen your deck run at least three to four times where it's like, Oh, okay. So that's like the seventh board wipe that I've seen resolve in the last, yeah, <laughs> so that's the strength of the deck. The strength of the deck is that since you're board wiping away your opponent's creatures, you probably, and like leaving your planeswalkers untouched, 
you're going to be able to accrue value out of your planeswalkers. And I mean, most of these planeswalkers that are in the list, if you hit one that's got an ultimate, then you're probably going to win the game fairly convincingly. Um, so, you know, anything like, you know, an Elizabeth Sun's champion makes all your creatures have like be a billion, like two plus two. So like you're getting giant zombie tokens that fly, um, you know, the if you can get the Jace Wilder Mysteries, you know, you might be winning the game with running out a lot of cards your library. There's a current in here to make people be sad they can't use their artifacts. Um, you know, there's just lots of interesting ways to use your planeswalkers to significant advantage. Um, Tezzeret Artifice Master is probably the funnest one though, is where you get an omniscience. Um, you know, basically you put the put something into play from your deck and vomited into play so the all these all these effects are like if you can get your planeswalkers to get there you're probably winning the game so uh that's the strength of the deck the strength is hinged on though that the backbone of planeswalkers that are very strong uh and uh the fact that the is probably going to help you keep the board clear of stuff yeah what about the weaknesses then I know every deck has a weakness, right? Yeah. So there's no, there's no doubt about this. So the Veneral, you feel the fact that you're in a S you're Esper where ramping is hard. Ramping in these colors, you're leaning a lot into artifacts um, to get there, and it's hard to reliably get to casting uh, the Veneral. And if you can, you know, let's imagine you hit. You, you don't want to cast a Veneral for six mana. You realistically, the Veneral costs seven because you want to be able to activate it if your opponents go to target it right away with the removal spell and take keep it off the board. Um, so if you get itchy and you try and slam it on six because you need to because somebody's going to smash you in the face, you might find that now, you have to, now the Veneral costs you a lot more. And that's really going to hold you back from really putting your game plan in action. So the, the game plan, like while is hinged around your commander, is also fundamentally under as a flaw underpinning your plan because it's expensive and you need to have a lot of mana to make it work. Um, and so it's very realistically for that you could be, you know, dead or in or 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 have your life total pressured significantly to put you in a tough spot very early in the game. So that I would say is probably the biggest weakness. Um and that I've encountered before is that you just end up, you know, in a spot where you don't have enough to make everything go. And so you're kind of strung out and not be able, not able to push damage, not able to draw enough cards, not able to get enough mana into play. And then you're kind of cooked. Mm. What about Storvold? What whole, what, what is the way for us to knock Storvold off its pedestal? It's, it can be slow. Uh, Cause I mean, he's seven mana, but then, I'm not running a lot of like destroy everything effects in the deck. Uh, I went for more of like speed with like ramping to get to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I can't draw into the flicker targets, then the creatures that I'm flickering are just kind of sh- crappy. Like they just right. resolve and then they don't really do anything for the rest of the game. So there's been times where I haven't had enough draw to get to where I need to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I've considered cutting some creatures for like uh, effects that draw cards, like uh, you know, like a Lauren revealed or something, just to right. refill my hand a bit. Um, yeah. 
it's because my main source of draw is not that consistent. Like Aisi right. is a draw engine only when you have lands in your hand. Um, Thrasios is really good, but if I'm paying four mana every turn to scry and draw a card, um, it's very bad. Uh, in meta was where they're just like, yeah, we'll just kill that thing. We'll just exile it. Right. Um, so deck's not perfect. I definitely need to update it Like if I wanted to make it as strong as it could be with some more protection effects and some more ways to draw some cards re- uh, realistically without relying on like Primal Speakers of Ghana. It's just a pet card of mine, I guess, that I want to throw in there to flicker. Because if it I flickers... I, I, you know. I love Prime Speakers of Ghana. I love Prime Speakers of Ghana. I think I think she's yeah. terrific. So if I but, flicker yes. it, you know, once and I can draw eight cards with Storvald out, that's like the dream. Um, but yeah. it's not that reliable. So right. it's not necessarily that consistent in that sense. Um, but when I do Absolutely. get there, I get there. You know. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we sort of injustice. Like, so what do you want to exploit to win? Like, what are you looking to do to to get ETB this to effects. win? Yeah. I'm exporting ETB effects. Uh, I have, and I'll just tie in um, like our plan B too, because it's it's a very like glass cannony sort of style flicker effects. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're able to shut that stuff down, your the deck is just a pile of cards. Um, mm-hmm. So like the backup is not very exciting. It's uh, Thassa's Oracle. Draw your deck. With Peregrine Drake and Flicker Peregrine Drake and pump the mana into something to draw your deck. Uh, not what exciting. Are you drawing? What are you? What are you drawing with? Um, so like pumping in an aggression, Tichwillow or Thrasios or Guardian Project ETBs to draw your deck. Um, right. Stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So not that exciting. Um, but that's the backup, I guess. In 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 where where basically right. I'm just, you know I'm 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 normally nine times out of ten I'm flickering creatures to draw cards, uh, flickering permanents, blowing things up, alting uh, Venser because people can't stop Venser right uh, each turn. So what about right. you? Um, well, mine is leaning onto the, leaning on the planeswalkers as my primary win condition. Um, like I said, if any of them ultimate, you're going to be finding a way to. Uh, probably win pretty quickly the plan b in this one this is actually funny um if you notice in my mana base i'm playing a lot of snow-covered islands and snow-covered lands um with the idea that i could go and get merit lodge's slumber and then put a 2020 black avatar creature token flying and indestructible in the battlefield because that to me sounds like the silliest way to win a game ever um i kind of like it because like uh, merit lodge's slumber in and of itself um, lets you like come into play two mana scry, and then it then you just play lands after that. And every time you play a snow permanent, you scry. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're getting free scries off of your lands because you're playing snow lands, then you're going to find that you probably over the course of a game net yourself a surprising number of of of, of a surprising amount of value, and then. Once you can hit Merit Lodge, you can sacrifice it and get the twenty twenty. Like that's a really difficult thing for your opponents to deal with. Like they twenty twenty indestructibles are nothing to mess with. So that is my plan B. Um, there is, I suppose, technically a bit of a plan C if you want to get into the Sphinx's tutelage, where 
Um, it turns into a way to and psychic corrosion as a way to mill your opponents. That takes an awful lot of milling, so you often end up doing it to yourself um, to team to power up your Jace. But you can you can go the the route of a mill kill if you want to try and do that too. Makes sense. Kind of poopy. It's kind of a poopy oh. option, but I've had I've I've done it and like. You'd be surprised with a psychic, psychic corrosion and a Sphinx's tutelage on the battlefield. How many cards you could dumpster? I used to run that in like a really bad modern deck, like long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But... Okay. Um. All right. Let's talk about the the, the real the elephant in the room: social ramifications of playing Storvold. So you you were saying at the start of this. Pete, you can't play Storvold any old where. When and where can you play Storvold? So, I usually gauge a table out. Like, when I go to a LGS in general, I usually pull out a deck that's fun to play with and against. Um, Nothing too, like, dramatic. I usually play, like, a token deck or something very simple that you can interact with, and I'm not going to be, like, upset if you blow up all my stuff. You know what I mean? Um. And then when people start whipping out like really oppressive things later in the night, like there's a guy that I played against uh, probably two or three months ago in the summertime. Uh, he had an Anamatu deck. So I was like, you know what? If you're going to whip that out every every time, because he played it two times in a row, I'm like, I'll just play this deck and show you how like how oppressive I can play um, to demonstrate. Like, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to do this to demonstrate like if you're playing, uh, if you're playing like any deck that's just like tedious, I'm gonna be like, all right, I can be tedious too. You know, I I can I can take a hundred game actions and just sit there for a bit. Um, it's a little petty, I know, but I usually only whip it out when other people whip it out first. If that makes sense. <laughs> so it's kind of like Pete's like, I'm I, I'm hurting you because you're making me hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Like and that's how that sounds. I'm like, oh god, that sounds so bad. I know. Um, I'm not a, yeah. Like, I normally don't like. I usually clarify people though. Like, I'm like, hey, I haven't played this deck in I don't know three months. Um, can I play this deck? I'll just explain to you what it does and how it works. Um, so people are like, yeah, sure, you know, or like if someone's playing like Eldrazi or something, they did. They kind of deserve to get their themselves cleaned <laughs> up. They deserve to get dumpstered. Let's be real. Yeah, so like if they're whipping out that precon that's upgraded every every single time and they're like I'm having a lot of fun with this deck, I'm like, okay, I get it, but you know, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's have some diversity with our playstyle here. Let's not just annihilate everything and everybody. So anyway, I mean you I you're very fair when it comes to these sorts of decisions. Uh I think you have a longer rope than I do, so what what would you say about the the donut man? Uh, so I recognize the fact that people, people do not like it when your games grind on interminably. And that's all that's because as as we talked about it before, it's not being particularly respectful to the time of your opponents as they sit there and play with you. If everything you're doing results in a board wipe. So if you're going to bring this out, you need to be prepared to say, okay, look, everybody, this one's going to be, this one's going to be like a doozy. Are we sure everyone's okay with playing a long and grindy and that and that sort of game today? Because I'm going to play Nivineral. So you got to be real upfront and you got to be very honest about what what the, what the deck does. Don't try and sugarcoat and say, "Well, it might wipe the board <laughs> once or twice." No, no, it's like nah. it's going to wipe the board. It's going to wipe the board a lot, mm-hmm. and you just got to and you got to be down with it. And 
so I've only like I haven't played it too frequently, and like being dishonest and deceitful about how oh, yeah, you present the deck is not good. You, mm. you got to be very upfront. Say, hey, everybody, this is what this does. It's mm. going to blow everything up a lot of times. Are we okay with that? And if they go, yeah, 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 I am. I'm like, great, sweet, let's play. And I maybe I don't do it a lot. Who knows? Because sometimes you don't blow the venerable up a bunch. But at the end of the day, if you can do it, you're going to find that your opponents are going to be annoyed with you because of the fact that it probably Navinral alone probably blew the table up two or three times. Let alone if you have any more board wipes in hand or other shenanigans. So right. um, this is not for everybody. It results in like a three-hour game because everything's like everyone's got to reset their board a bunch of times, and some people are not down for that. And you and you, so you need to be prepared to accept that. You need to be down with switching out and switching to another deck and say, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to play uh, Navinral. I'll play Zayatora and I'll and I'll fling things all over the place. Um, but anyway, so that's sort of the social ramifications here. People get very frustrated by the repeated board wipes and the long and grindy nature of the games. Mm-hmm. I've, I've also seen like like people get really upset when I win on other people's turns, like out of turn order. Yeah, people would people... be annoyed by that. Like I've done it, I've literally like flashed a bunch of things and I'm like, okay, I just won the game and, and I've had people like literally like pack up their stuff and just just get really upset about it. And I'm like maybe I should tone it back a bit with this and not whip it out. I mean, it is it can be like it's weird enough to say, like it's fun to play sometimes because you're doing weird things, you're flickering like mm-hmm. you know, Elvish Visionary or something stupid, right? Um yeah. to draw cards. But it's just the style. I think if anything we take away with the audience is like there are just certain styles people do not like, uh, like like discard like discard tribal. Um, I had a Nath deck for a while that I couldn't really run because it was like mm. you play statistic hypnotist and nobody has a hand anymore except you. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of think Turbo Fog fits that same category. People don't right. like Turbo Fog lists. People don't like mass board wipe lists. People don't like things where they can't target. They like most of their game actions are negated by blinking. Like mm-hmm. these are things that drive people crazy. Like and you're, sure, you're, like, you're, they you're have... kind of throwing a cog into the uh, essential game itself, right? You're preventing yeah. the game to to be played as the game was meant to be played. Sorry to cut you off there as well. No, it's fine. It's a fair point. Like and so I think you need to be cognizant of that. Now, not to say that what you're doing is unfair. It's uh, it's perfectly within the rules of the game. To, uh, to implement a strategy like this. That's why the cards are printed. But you need to be aware of the... Of the how, like, I think you and I both like talked about this before the, sh- before the cast. It erodes your social capital with your playgroup. Yeah. There's only so many times you can play this before they go, dude, we're annoyed. Don't play that crap no more. And you're like, oh, you're right. Sorry, my bad. I'll go find something different. That's why I got the box full of things to pull out. Um, because if you... Do you... like Again... A premise should be you approach every game looking to be to play in a way to get invited back the next time. If you've eroded all your social capital, the other guys are going to say, you know what, we don't want to play with you anymore, Bruce. You're a dick. Get out. On the flip side, though, I think people should have thicker skins in general. Like, I've learned over the last few months playing with all kinds of oh, different for people. Sure. For that, sure. Like, with, with some really fun and crazy, wacky ideas. Like, there's a guy we played with, uh, Bruce and I, that his win con is World Fire with Chandra's emblem, which I think is hilarious. Um, like, he's pulled it off at least once, and it's it's very, very funny. I personally don't mind land destruction much anymore, because 
at that point, um, if you got me, you got me. Because I know, mm-hmm. like, we need to punish people for playing four lands a turn, I think, personally, uh, more so than we ever had with all the shenanigans people can do now. So, um, as long as you're clear as, like, with your playgroup, hey, like, I have a deck that runs an Armageddon, or I have a deck that runs these cards, and if they're not, like, if they're not okay with it, then, you know, be clear about, like, okay, why are you not okay with this? And then, and then you could be like, all right, I'm not going to play this deck today. I'll give you guys a break. Or maybe I'll pull this out at the end of the night when we're playing our last game of the of the evening. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So at least having that conversation is is uh, a good reminder in general. Because uh, we're here just to have fun at the most part. I mean, there's no, there's no like, prize at the end of the night normally. <laughs> and even then, no, who no, cares? Not. Yeah. Mm. All right. That was a good, call, a good talk there, my friend. Anything else you want to say about these decks before we wrap it up? Uh, just uh, rule zero, you know what I mean? I think we've talked about this a lot on the last year and a half or so with the power creep in cards. Um, just just always ask. Always ask questions. It, it, it uh, negates okay. a lot of feel bads, you know what I mean? So, yes, it does. Other than that, we are... I think we've uh, kind of covered what we wanted to. It's pretty self-explanatory, right? Well, I mean, it's not explanatory, but definitely... When, when people stop and think about putting themselves in their opponent's shoes, they would recognize it's, that there is a time and a place for these sorts of decks, and not they're not it's not an every game sort of sort of deck that you bring out. So, and that's really the lesson here. Feel free to like go and build your 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 deck, folks, to and to and enjoy whatever strategy. Just be mindful of how your opponents are going to perceive you when if the if if and when the day comes that that's turned on the other foot. So. And no one's going to like if you're going to be like, oh, what is the Anamatu or what is the Pramacon deck? What does it do? And, you, and you're not very clear about what it does. And then we're sitting there for two and a half, three hours, and you're just kind of uh, fortressing yourself and not playing the game. Um, so, I mean, I've done it too, though. I haven't been clear sometimes, and people have gotten upset with me. But that was, I think, more so out of uh, like personal sort of like ignorance and not necessarily like meant to do that it was more so like mm. i didn't explain well like hey this is how this deck interacts and people take a double take they're like what did you just do you just flickered your commander and you played elish norn and now all my creatures are dead like uh you know uh, y- yes <laughs> bad pete bad pete <laughs> anyway all right folks we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your day um, so, uh, as always, if you want to reach out to us, all the information on how to reach out to us, uh, is in the show notes. We're on a bunch of different social media platforms where the podcast is available, a bunch of different places. Please find us there, check us out. And we'd love to have you guys interact with us questions. If you want to have comments about the decks or you want to see more, uh, or hear more from us, that's totally cool. Uh, you can now also find the podcast on YouTube. It doesn't have video, but you can find the podcast on YouTube, uh, which is kind of neat. Um, so, yeah, lots of places to find us. We'd love to have you guys check us out. Um, as always, be good to yourselves. Have fun. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everybody down in the United States. Uh, to those of the rest of us in the world, uh, you know, um, still be friendly with your friends and family and uh, be thankful you got them. And uh, have fun wherever you play Magic, folks. Be good. We'll talk to you soon. We're uh, coming at you with some more uh, spicy stuff in the coming weeks. Um, I think, Bruce, now that we've covered the mean sort of 
idea. We should do a sort of meme deck, something that we have a personal pet with, like, that's just very weird and, like, janky. I think it would be nice to finish our discussion. How what do you think about that? You tell me you want some jank, my friend. Well, like- jank it is. We're going to jank it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. So next week, folks, look for some jank. Yes. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, take care, everyone. If you're traveling this coming week, please be safe out there. I know we're hitting some snow in the northeast uh, area of the United States, getting dumped on a bit. And, um, you know, just uh, just stay safe out there. I know I'm traveling tomorrow, so it'll be nice to uh, get away for a bit. So, take care. Right, everybody. Later.